For the newcomers, we are Paula, Maria, and Lydia. Say hi. Hi. And we are Baby Radio, a broadcasting station in which we talk about children's psychology and we challenge your knowledge about it. Today, 26th of February, we wish you a happy Sunday morning. The forecast for today is the next. A cloudy and sunny day. We are going to have a medium temperature of 15 grades. The maximum one and the minimum one is about six grades. Yes. Today, in our second podcast, we are going to talk at first about social perception. We are going to start with a general definition. So, Paula, what is social perception? So, to know what is social perception, we need to first understand what is perception. And it is the process through which the person gets to know the rest of the people and understands their characteristics and qualities. Okay. Have you ever made a judgment of someone based on your own experience or on information that other people tell you about he or she? Yes, a lot of times. Although I know it's not correct to do so. So, from all this information, we are able to select the one that reaches us, thanks to the perception. And how we form first impressions? Well, first impressions are created by the aspect of the person that we see at first. Have you ever experienced this? Yes. For example, in my case, when I saw my best friend for first time, she looked like a smarty girl. And then, when I got to know her, I realized that the impression of her was wrong. For me, it was, something, it was something similar. One of my friends that today is the boyfriend of one of my best friends, when, when we joined in the same group at first, I thought that he was an arrogant boy, but then when I started to talk with him and had more relation, I realized that it was, he was a, a very helpful person. But really what determines the perception of a person are different factors. The first one is the factor that is associated with the receiver. The goals of the receiver are included in the process of people's perception. We are going to explain you the second factor with an example. Many people, when you know them, they seem to be perfect, really friendly, and without any kind of bad character. And when you know them, you notice that it's not true. <clears throat> this is because the perceived person manipulates the information that reaches the receiver. This factor is the one which is associated with the perceived person. And the third factor is somehow what we have talked about before. When we have given you the definition of perception and Lydia's and Maria's example, Imagine that uh, someone tells you that one boy is a bad and big-headed person and that things, uh, and that things influence your, perce your perception of this boy. But then when you get to know him, you realize that he's not like that. This is the factor which is associated to the content of the perception. And when we talk about social perception, we refer to the first impression that we have about people in society and there is a model called the Ashed model. Now we are going to explain it. Yes, the Ashed model talks about first impressions which are originated for external causes that are three. How are they called? Uh, they are called physical appearance, behavior and nonverbal communication. Yes, at first. Physical appearance relates to the way you dress. Behavior is connected with the way you treat people and non-verbal communication is reflected with, for example, smiling. I thought that first impression should be organized to form a unique impression, but he asked himself a question. How can we create this unique impression and organize it? As answered this question on his model called the central characteristic. He thought that all features are connected, creating this unique impression that he was searching for. And if one of these features varies, the whole impression changes. 
Some of these impressions are more important than others because some of them are essential, which are called central features. The other features less important are called peripheral features. Now, to understand it better, we are going to explain to you his experience. Who wants to explain it? Me, 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 me. Okay, tell us. <laughs> okay. The experiment begins by splitting up one group into two. To each group, we are going to uh, give them a list of characteristics which are the same except for one characteristic that changes. Okay? Yes. Yes. Okay. The list for the first group will be intelligent, skilled, hardworking, affectionate, determinate, practical, cautious, and the list for the second is the same, but change affectionate for cold or indifferent. Well, now each group must select one characteristic to describe one person of the group. The result of the experiment was that the first group had more positive description. Why? Because if we change one of the good features, in this case one characteristic, for a bad one, the unique impression, in this case the description of the person, changes. Okay? Okay. Okay, of course. Well. But this model was criticized by other author authors, provoking new theories with some modifications. Yes, there are three of them. Addition model by Brunner and Tahiri in 1954. Average model by Anderson in 1965. And weight average model by Anderson in 1981. And all of these models have in common that they are supported by empirical studies. And they were based on approximations and not in comparisons. Well, one important factor that also determines first impression are not only the external features, but the ideas that we have in our own mind, which are what we call stereotypes. Um, stereotypes is a perception process of the social environment that order and simplify the social structure, which the main characteristics are. One, determines and categorize social groups, and two, create prejudice in general. Uh, to facilitate the study of a stereotype, we have three models. Can we tell us which are them, Paula? Yes. Theories based on personality. The second one are soci uh, sociocultural theories. And the last one are the theories of cultural orientation. Okay. The main functions of stereotypes are categorizing, defense of self-values, and uh, the explanation of large-scale events. Okay. Okay. okay, well, and now girls, how do you think we can change our opinions? Mm, well, I think this process is really complicated because you need to be open-minded and be tolerant because if you, if you are this type of person, you are not going to change your opinion of someone. Yes, I agree with you. More characteristics about the perception of personality are... In the first place, assign adjectives from one characteristic. In second, implicit theories. And in third, structure the ideas in simple structures. Okay. Finally, the association between characteristics have the next features. One, work of us good and collaborators. Two, guideline for associate features. Three, other characteristics that influence. And finally, judgment of the personality of other people. And then, ladies and gentlemen, that was all about social perception. Well, now it's time to talk about causal attribution. What is causal attribution, Paula? It is the explanation for our own behavior and other people's behavior. Okay. To understand the world in general, we need to understand people. And for this, we tend to make attributions in our daily life. We also tend, tend to make detections about why people act the way they act. Mm -hmm. But they might be wrong. Not, uh, we are not always correct. This process is known as social cognition. And it is not only based on perceiving the other person, but on understanding them. Okay. Um, before I continue, I have one question. Ten. You, you have said that uh, this process was known as hmm? social cognition. Okay. 
That was my doubt. There, there are important factors in order to overcome first impression and create a more complex understanding. Now, we are going to talk about a leading social psychologist who is well known for his work on social relations. What is his name? Um, um, Miles Houston? Yes! Yeah! His main functions are control, self-esteem and self-presentation. Uh, about control, we can say that every, that is everything that happens has a cause. Um, for example, I think is if you do not study, you will not pass an uh, exam, no? Yes, that's, that's yes. a great example. You are in a correct example. Yes. Well. Uh, Self-esteem uh, are attributions we do to defend the evaluation we make of ourselves. Okay. And finally, the self-presentation is when we try to control the opinion that others have about us. Okay. Now we are going to talk about the theory of attribution, which appeared in 1960 60, sorry, and was focused on social inferences. These social inferences, if you don't know what they are, are processes that unify all the information that we know with the new one. To understand this better, we need to search in depth the logic that characterizes the ordinary thinking. These theories are started from the study of social perception. The first one to study this was Heidegger. Yes, let me continue. Okay. 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 His theory explains how from external appearance and observations of conduct we build people's characteristics. Heidegger divided the actions into personal or internal actions and the external or environmental actions. Okay? Okay. okay. Now, for Houston and Antaki, this division division uh, was the best contribution of Heidegger. This division is really important because it can solve some problems, and this theory was the starting point for later theories. Yes. Another theory based on this first one is the correspondent inference theory. This one was created by Jones and Davis. The goal of this theory, as because all theories has a goal, was observe the conduct the conduct and the cause corresponding to a causality of the subject. Another principle of this theory was the non-common effects principle, which analyzed the effects of all the alternatives of the actor. The motivational aspect of this theory are one, hedonic relevance and two, personalism. Okay. Okay, another model is the covariation model created by Harold Keeley. His theory tries to systemize and generalize Hayder's idea in order to apply them to other fields of social psychology. He reduces this model from the causal locus, making bigger the relation with the actor and the environment, creating two environmental causes. These two environmental causes are, first one, the internal stimuli, which is addressed to the answers, and the second one is the external circumstances which surround the process. Another psychology, psychologist, MacArthur, observed that there were different types of people making causal attributions. What are these types, Maria? Well, um, consistency. Yes. Distinctiveness. Yes, you are right. And consensus. Yes, you are right. Okay, and now we are going to talk about motivation and causation. Okay? Okay. okay. To understand better what is motivation, we are going to focus more on Weiner. Do you mm. know who is Weiner? Yes. Yes. Okay. He insisted on the cognitive dimension in the motivation of the achievement. He thought that success and failure is something causal. While Weiner connected success and failure with something causal, causal, Rotter, another psychologist, connected another psychologist, connected connected success with an internal cause and failure with an external cause. Okay. For example, um, the things that you do is, yes. uh, is, is a success that you do because it is an internal cause of you because you, de you decide to do it and the things that happen to you, not you do, the things that happen to you is because something in, in the external world has, has do it to you. Well, 
in my opinion, I think that Weiner mm, doesn't have any sense the things that they said because success and failure is something causal. In my opinion, I think that is not something causal. So okay. I don't agree with with Weiner. Let me continue, please. Okay. The two most important combinations for Wagner were one, the point at which the cause of the internal and external faults influencing the self-esteem, and two, the point where the faults in the dimension of the stability instability influences expectations to change. Yes, and I have something to add. Okay. Uh, Weeks developed an investigation with students in the classroom. And the result was that a student who was unsuccessful in attributing his failure to lack of effort and she gives instructions on how to interpret the cause of the failure. Are you agreed with, with Yes, I am agree because I think that all people has to recognize his failures. Okay. Because it, if you don't recognize it, you will you will never change your your own point of view of the things and if you are doing something bad, you are going to do it a lot of times. Yes, and you um, have... Yes, I agree with Lydia in, in this <laughs> thing. Okay, so I have a question. She yeah. taught children to interpret failure? Yes. Yes. Yes, and finally, uh, we can go ahead apply their studies to both sex where they demonstrate that feminine sex had better characteristics than masculine sex. Well... I think that boys and girls are, are equal. Yes. Yes, that's right. Sí. Because, for example, in physical education, uh, people said boys run more than girls or have... Yes. And also in physical education, not only boys run, uh, run faster than girls, but girls are, have more elasticity than boys. For example. Yes. And that characteristics make them equal. I'm agree with you. So, can I can I am? Yes. yes. Okay. To finish with this topic, we are going to talk about attributional biases. What is the meaning of attributional biases? I know it. Attributional biases occur due to the strong tendency to explain the functions of other, basing them on internal causes rather than external causes. For better understanding, another theory was developed the so-called theory of Fiske and Taylor, which differences between bias and error. Okay. Okay. They said that the error was produced by a desviation of the main rule, and it could be only one correct answer possible, and bias is a systematic distortion. Yes, but Snyder created the theory of confirmatory tendency, which differences three strategies. Okay? Mm-hmm. The first one, searching information that provides that your own hypothesis is true. The second one, gather information and biases in order to make our hypothesis true. And uh, finally, asking and checking information. Is there another theory? Yes, I know another one, the Rosen Fletcher egocentric theory. This is an overvaluation of the contribution to the achievement over the others. This means more or less that you uh, feel like you are better than the others and you are uh, contributing more than the rest of the group members. Okay. Okay. And the last theory that we are going to talk about is the false consensus tendency by Ross, in which he says that the points of view we share became generalized for the whole world. Okay, and now we are going to continue to talk about motivation, but we are going to focus more on social motivation. Girls, what do you know about social motivation? Okay. I know that I know that are the impulses that move to the person to perform certain actions and persist in them to their culmination. Yes. And are internal states that direct the organism toward certain goals and purpose. One okay. thing it is important is the necessity. We can difference three types of necessity. The need for achievement, the need for power, and the membership need. Yes, um, because of a need, it creates a process called 
motivational cycle, which has six states, okay? Okay. okay. The first one, homeostasis. The second one, stimulus appears. Third, need. Four, tension state. Five, behavior is activated and gets the objective. And six, satisfaction. But when a need is not satisfying, happens behavioral disorganization. Aggrievedness, emotional reactions, apathetic and disinterested person. Okay? Okay, so um, I have understand that the six stages are homeostasis, stimulus appears, need, tension state, behavior and satisfaction. No? Yes. Okay, Paula. Very and good. Thank can you. Can you explain um, in satisfaction? You said more things. Um, but I don't understand it well. What uh, are the things? Tell me. Uh, you said that when a need is not satisfying, ah, okay. what happens? It happens, for example, a behavioral disorganization, aggressiveness, emotional reactions, apathetic, and, for example, the person are not interested in something. Okay. An example that you could uh, understand better is that, for example, if you are not uh, satisfied with something, uh, you can get angry and get aggressive. Yes. Okay. Yes. But there are some occasions that we need to obey and confirm. Uh-huh. Uh, yes, I have an example. Uh, about obedience, I always need to do what my boss tells me because then he will fire me. Okay. Okay. In my case, it's, a, it's something with my mother. Sometimes when some of my friends go to parties in Madrid, my mother does not allow me and I have to confirm having party in my city and obedience her. Okay, and in my case, for example, I'm not a comfort person, sorry. For <laughs> example, when I study a lot for an exam and I only get a five, I'm very angry because I think that I study for more than a five. Yes, so, you are right. Yes. yes. These things happen a lot. Yes. And now we are going to start uh, to explain with some examples, what is called a school motivation. Okay. 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 In a school motivation, we have seven stages. The first one, activate the stimuli, for example, uh, for example, when you want to provoke one person. Okay. Okay? Mm -hmm. The second one, the person responds to his stimuli. Because, because of, of this stimuli, the person develops a behavior. Okay. Paula, do you understand? Yes, yes. Okay. The third one, teach and judge. Due to this behavior, people can judge it in a bad or good way. Okay. Mm -hmm. The fourth one, uh, regard. If the behavior is good, you can give a regard for him. Okay. Okay. The next one, reward, raise the likelihood. Six, punishment is not effective. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the last one, behavioral repertory. Well, I've got a question. Okay. Do you think that a child, uh, when he or she do something, does something bad, you have to punish uh, the child? No, I don't agree with punishing because my parents have never punished me. Okay. So I don't support punishment. And on the case that if uh, he or she... Uh, made a good um, thing. Are you uh, agree with uh, regard uh, the child? It depends on. It depends on the case because okay. sometimes if you regard um, if you regard an act that is a good act, but if you regard it, sometimes the the child is going to do it more times and. It could be a type of... Um, what are you trying to say, Lydia? Tell. Okay. Mm. Um, it's like, uh, I think that you uh, can say that it's a child um, very... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's like a very... Uh, child who has a lot of things, sad parents, uh, yes. love, uh, if he a and child that he if, if he or she said, I want this, I want this, I want this, the, the fathers, if the fathers buy it, 
Yes, and I think that uh, parents uh, should um, know the children what is no, and the children uh, has to uh, know what is no and get the things by other ways. And the parents have to um, have to have to tell the children how is life. Life yes. is not only um, the things you want; you are going to have it. The the parents have to. To, to teach children that yes. if they want something, they have to work and they have to work and achieve yes. their goals. Okay, I'm agree with you. I'm also agree agreeing with you. Okay, to end up with this podcast, we are going to talk about uh, you about attitudes in interpersonal relations. Okay. In order to understand this topic, it is necessary to know the main concept of attitude, which is is a mental disposition that directs the action of the individual to the sub to the object of the attitude. Yes, and according to the behaviorist vision, the attitude constitutes a response towards a certain object. However, the delimitation of the concept focuses on specifying the structure of attitudes as a way of delimiting whether or not they necessarily involve manifest behavior. The attitudes can be undimensional or multidimensional, okay? okay. Uh, can one of you explain them? Okay, I'm going to explain you the first one. Okay. That is unidimensional. The unidimensional attitude is the attitude that is supported by people who support that. That the attitude is the trend to evaluate an object or situation in positive or negative terms. Okay. Another definition for for it is the one created by Katz and Stotland in 1959. This definition is the next one. The tendency to evaluate an object or symbol in a certain way. Another psychologist that studied this type of attitude was, was Bem. Okay. And on the other hand, I'm going to explain the multidimensional attitude which is the one that supports that assessments are formed by nature of the criteria and the feelings of the individual and the dispositions regarding the object of the attitude. This attitude mainly supports that the appraising character is not sufficient to delimit the nature of the attitude. Some supporters of this attitude were Rosenberg, Fishbane and Achten. Okay, and these attitudes have some characteristics in common. Some people can share the same attitudes, but these attitudes can be variable, okay? For example, two students that like English language, but differences can be not between them. Yes. Attitudes differ according to their structure. Do you know what a structure means? Yes. In this case, I think that it refers to the nature of their cognitive, affective and behavioral elements. Yes, you're right. This characteristic can vary because of balance and multiplicity. Um, what is balance? Balance is the degree of affection that wakes the object of the attitude up. And um, the determined thing or not that is the sub or not that is the subject of experiencing of experiencing this attitude. And uh, what about multiplicity? Well. Multiplicity is the amount of knowledge that integrate a cognitive system. Do you understand the difference between balance and multiplicity? Yes. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Many times we have the necessity of comprehending why people act in certain ways. This is what we do thanks to the functions of the attitudes. Yes. There are four functions basis of aptitudes. Okay. How many? Four. Okay. Um... The first one, adaptive functions. For example, when people try to read the higher benefits of the relation with the outside world and mini minimize the uncomfortable situation. The second one, defensive of myself functions. Once we have reached the highest performance or the outside world, we focus on the inside in order to accept ourselves. These functions can lead us to have two different behaviors. The first one, You focus on the situation and try to solve it. And the other, you run away from the situation. 
What would you do, girls, if you needed to choose between these two behaviors? In my case, I would choose to focus on the situation and try to solve it. Okay. And Lydia? I agree with Paula because yes. if you run away from the situation, you, are, you will never uh, solve it and the problem is going to become more and more big. Okay. okay. And now, Lydia, could you explain us the uh, two other functions? Okay. The third one is expressive function of values. This one lets us know the values and the kind of person we believe to be. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the last one, cognitive or economic function, are people need information about their surroundings to feel like in the world was organized. So, Paula. Do you remember the four, the four function basis of attitudes? Yes, they are the adaptive function, the defensive of myself function, the expressive function of values, and the cognitive or economic function. But yes. uh, apart from these four main functions, there are more functions, okay. which are one singular attitude can achieve different functions for different persons. Another one is that one singular attitude can be useful for more than one attitude for the same person. Another is the functions of one singular attitude can also be changed on the time and be useful for a person in many different ways and in many different moments. And finally, another function is that we can affirm that the attitudes are multi multifunctional. Okay. We suppose that you are asking yourselves how attitudes are formatted and developed. So, we are going to solve your doubts. When and how are they formed? Um, Paula, um, do you know the answer to this question? Yes, but I need the help of one of you to explain all this. Lydia. Okay, uh, let, uh, let me start. Okay. There okay. is Go a non-specific moment of your life in which attitudes are formed. They are formed and developed during our entire life. Okay. Um, eh. Okay, there was a psychologist that argues that attitudes have its origins on a specific motives. Those motives are acquired through discrimination between objectives and environment, and it can be obtained in any evolutionary state. Does anybody know what his name Yes. yes. Newcom. Newcom. Wow. You are okay. Yes. And uh, we are to explain the creation of new attitudes with the example of trends, of what is fashionable and non-fashionable. Through these last years, what trends have been shown in society? Okay. In society, there have been shown um, a, lot of, a lot of trends, for example... Hipster. Okay. There were a lot of hipster people, and some people buy um, buy glasses. Yes. They don't need glasses because they see they have the sight. Okay, but they buy the the glasses because of the trend, and I think that is a waste of money. And uh, have you ever followed any of them? No, I prefer to be myself and. Have my own personality. Okay. Me neither. Now that we know when attitudes are formed, I'm going to explain how they are formed. Okay. Attitudes are determined by a series of psychosocial factors and learning processes. This process of creation of attitudes was studied by a psychologist named Katz, who said that the social groups influence in the formation of attitudes... The groups that have more influence are called primary groups. Okay. The main causes of this influence are sources of pressure and when we help a member of the group to take decisions and to defend their behaviors. Okay. This pressure is effective depending on the level of, in the, of in the identification with the rest of the group. If you don't have affinity with your group, you are not going to follow your advice. Well, and there are different mechanisms to form attitudes. They are not formed only because of social pressure. They could also be created by genetic constraints and 
environment stimulation. Yes, it's true. For example, in my case, my mother has is a very patient pe person, but my father is a big-headed person. And for example, my sister is like my mother, and I'm like my father. I don't want to be like my father and be and don't be it so big-headed and think on and think on the situation. But sometimes I'm. Very big-headed too, like my father. Okay, and you, Paula, are you more like your father or your mother? In the back character, I am like my father, but yes. I have a lot of patience as my mother. Okay, and now we are going to explain you some mechanisms of uh, formation of attitudes. Okay, the first one was created by Lore and Stats in 1973. Okay, this theory was based in the learning of attitudes in classical conditioning. Remember this word. Okay. From the association of word with positives and negative meanings to syllables without any kind of sense. This learning is also used with certain attitudes associated with positive or negative effects. Okay. Yes. Can I continue with the second one? Yes. yes. Okay. The second mechanism is the one created by Hilton, Brown and Ensco. Who was, whose experiences proved that the learning of attitudes was based on instrumental conditioning, using reinforced, reinforced verbal answers to students, questioning them later about academic activities and events. Okay, so um, the first one theory, um, it uh, was created by Log and Stad, and the other one was created by Hildum, Brown and Insko. No? Yes. Yes. Okay. You understand it very well. We need also, but we need also to remember that in the formation of attitudes, it's very important to distinguish between these ones and the conduct, because when a conduct is reinforced, it helps to the creation of a new attitude. Okay. And um, it uh, another one theory uh, that was created by Albert Bandura, who argues. Who? Albert Bandura. Okay, thank you. Who argues about the learning of attitude by social learning, okay? Okay. Which is what we have talked about before. Do you remember? Yes. Okay. According to this author, it is not necessary for a person to receive an instrumental or classical reinforcement for a response in its behavior. So, remember, attitudes can be formed by classical conditioning, instrumental reformance and social learning. Okay? Okay. Okay. Okay, so now that we know when and how attitudes are formed, we want to know how to change them. And for this, we need to understand the theory of attitudes. Okay. The theory of attitudes is based on three main points. The first one is based on the goals of, the, of a person. It means that if you have an objective and you do not achieve it, you need to change the attitude, but never change your final goal. Yes. And the second point says that if you do something that people around you dislike, you have only two options, to stop doing it or to continue doing what you want. Girls, have you ever been on a situation like this in your life? Yes, but in the majority of the cases, I continue doing what I want. <laughs> So in my case it's different because if I know that I'm harming anyone with my acts, I change my attitude and try to um, and try to harm less. Yes. Okay. And the first option of these two, which is running away from the situation, is not always correct because you are not achieving what people expect from from you. So. You will change your attitude according to that expectation. Okay, so the process of changing attitudes, which we have just explained, is known as the vari variation that undergoes a person's attitude, attitude either in its intensity or in its sign. This intensity could be congruent or incongruent. Okay. Okay, yes. Congruent, congruent it goes from positive to positive or from negative to negative and incongruent grows from positive to negative or vice versa. Yes, and to continue explaining this topic, we are going to talk about different theories. Let's start. Okay. The first, reinforcement theory. 
Reinforcement theory of motivation was, was proposed by Skinner and his associates. It states that individual's behavior is a function of its consequences. Okay? Okay. I'm going to explain you with an example. Individual behavior with positive consequences tends to be repeated, but individual's uh, behavior with negative consequences tends not to be repeated. Do you understand? Yes. Okay. Yes, of course, the example was a, a really clear example. Thank you, Lydia. Now I'm going to talk about the equilibrium theory because I'm related, I'm really related to the theory because I'm going to tell you um, a very good example. The example is, Imagine that you are fell in love with a guy, and that person has a dog. Yes. And you have fear of dogs, like me. Okay. I have fear of dogs um, from all my life. Yes. So, you have to decide whether you whether to overcome your fear of dogs and stay with him or end up with the relationship. And um, in this case, Lydia, you said that you uh, are fear about dogs. And yes. what do you uh, do in this case? Well, I think that I will try to um, to overcome my fear of dogs and stay with my boyfriend. But if I don't overcome my fear of dogs, I will I will say my boyfriend, please. When I go to your home, we stay in your bedroom and we close the door in order to uh, be being separated of the dog and the dog can run, can run around all the house and we stay in your bedroom. Okay. And finally, uh, the theory of cognitive dis dissonance, which is cognitive dissonance refers to a situation involving conflicting attitudes beliefs or behaviors. This produces a feeling of discomfort leading to an alter alteration in one of the attitudes, beliefs or behaviors to reduce the discomfort and restore balance. Okay. For example, when people smoke, which is a behavior, and they know that the smoking causes cancer, which is a cognitive. So, uh, are there three theories? A reinforcement theory, Equilibrium theory and theory of cognitive dissonance, no? Yes. Okay. And uh, finally, we are going to explain you something about strategies for change. Okay, girls? Okay. okay. This part can we divide it in four states. Direct experience, modeling, persuasive appeals, and the use of incentives. Uh, could you explain uh, us the uh, four strategies? Yes, of course. Okay. Start, Lydia. The direct experience experience is a past situation that lives with a concrete attitude. It's repeated again in your life. As you already have experience in that situation, you will not behave in the same way uh, in the in the safe in the same way as the first time, but you will change and act otherwise. For example, in my case, two years ago I I argue with one of my friends and then when someone when someone told me you have to talk with her and and solve the problem, I ran away, but ran away across all all my village, running, 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 and now I know that if the situation is going to repeat tomorrow, I will um, I will stay in the in the same place of of my friend and I will talk with with her and solve the problem. Okay. Okay. Now, modeling is by observing other people's behavior before a specific situation, you try to fit a sober situation. Okay. And uh, the other two strategies are uh, persuasive appeals, which they are made through persuasive arguments supported and defended by the emitter to achieve the change of attitude. For example, on the day that I have bad feelings or negative attitudes, my sports psychologist talks to me on the track to change the mentality and can get a good workout that day. Okay. Have you ever experienced something like that? Um, sorry, in my case, no. And you, Lydia? No, I no. think... No. Okay. But I have to say that I have uh, 
I don't remember very well. No. Okay, okay. you have bad memory. Yes. <laughs> the use of incentiveness, which is the first strategy, is uh, where through incentiveness you will get changes in attitude. For example, when you were small, your mother told you that if you did not do your homework, you would not go out to play with friends. Did your mother do that to you? Yes, yes all a the lot times. Of times. <laughs> But I have to say that one day she she told me she told me that, and I was in my bedroom with my grandfather, and my grandfather was telling me the solutions to all the problems. Okay. So my mother, then my mother uh, realized, then my mother realized that I didn't do the homework. Uh, but my my grandfather, yes. So she told me, you have to do it again alone. And then if you have time, you go and play with your friends. And Paula, in your case? No. No, in my case, no. But um, you can use this strategy, Lydia, with your mom that uh, does, uh, does not let you go to Madrid to party with your friends. And you can use incentiveness in the way that I'm going to... To clean up my room and you let me to go party with my friends in Madrid. No, I have to do it a lot of times, but but <laughs> but she didn't let me. But I ha I have said I have said her that in the in in the birthdays of yes. my of two of my best friends, I told her, Mom, I will go, and if you don't let me, I'm going to. I'm going to disappear one day and I will go to to Madrid and have party in Madrid because it's the birthday of two of my best friends and I have to go. Okay. okay. Um, girls, um, we are going to do a review, okay? Okay. okay. I've got one, one question, okay? Um, okay? We talk about a leading social psychology who is well-known for his work on social relations. Uh, for example, Paula, what is his name? Let me remember, please. Okay. I think that he was known as Miles Hoston. Yes, and uh, Lydia, uh, his main functions, uh, wa uh, what are? I think that were control, yes. self-esteem, and let me think a bit... Mm, Self-presentation? Self yes, it's true. Okay. Okay, I have another question. Okay. Uh, if you need to understand better the change of attitudes of a person, yes. uh, what uh, theory you need to understand better? Um, I know, I know, I know the answer. Okay, okay. Um, it's a theory of attitude, no? Yes, that's okay. right. Okay. And um, another question, girls. Okay. We talk about um, a circle, okay, that it was a motivational cycle. And who has six states? What of the six states uh, are? What's the name of these six states? Okay. Are homeostasis, a stimulus appears, need, pension state, behavior, and... Behavior is activated and gets the objective. Yes. And I idea? don't remember the last Paula, one. do you I know the answer? Yes, I remember. It was satisfaction. Yes. Okay. More? Okay. Okay. Um, I, I am remembering that um, some of us, Yes. Tell something about conformity. Yes. But one of you didn't say that. Maria, said, where do you? I said that I'm not a conformist person. Yes, but once once on your life you have to have conform. For example, uh, with the money that my parents uh, give me. When I go out, because uh, there are some uh, people, some uh, children that they haven't got money, and I think that I'm not uh, going. I'm not going to um, get angry with my parents because they only give me um, some money. If there are other uh, others, uh, other people that they don't have, okay. so in this case, I'm comfortable with the money that my parents uh, give me. 
Yes. So uh, I have I remember that at the at the beginning of this podcast yes. we begin with the definition of social perception. Yes. Uh, do you remember Maria what social perception uh, meant? Yes. Um, perception is the process through which the person gets to know the rest of the people and understands their characteristics and qualities. Yes, you remember very well. Yes. And. Um, For example, uh, Paula, uh, do you ever have um, a experience in which uh, some people, um, I don't know, you created a bad uh, impression of a people when you first at uh, first time, when you met a first time? Yes, a friend in my high school, yes. uh, the first day that I, met, that I met her, she was like really a really clumsy person and she was falling every time and I was like, She's going to kill herself one day of this. And uh, I realized that she was uh, a runner and that she was not clumsy at all with the time. Okay. And um, anybody uh, know what uh, was the name of a, a psychologist who said that the social groups influence in the formation of attitudes? Me. Okay. He was cut. Okay, yes, it's true. So, um, I have another question. Tell. Okay. Um, uh, in the middle of the um, of this podcast, yes. Um, I told something about um, in school motivation. We have seven stages. Can any of one can one of you tell us the seven stages? Yes, I remember them. Uh, the first one was was to activate the stimuli, and uh, when you have to provoke a person, is one example. Okay. The second is uh, that the person needs to respond to these stimuli that you have sent them. The third one is to teach and judge. The fourth one is to reward the people. And the fifth one is to reward and raise the likelihood to this thing that uh, you have activated, to this stimuli that you have activated. Okay. And the sixth one, which we were in disagreement with this step, was the punishment, which is not effective. So this is why we are not agree, uh, we do not agree with it. And the seventh one and the last one is the behavioral repertory. Okay, um, I've got a question. Okay, we uh, talk about uh, the creation of new attitudes, uh, for example, with uh, trends, or for example, what is fashionable or non-fashionable. And we said that uh, we said uh, most of uh, trends as a uh, hipster or something like that. Um, in the future, you uh, follow, for example, the tendency to be um. Uh, a hipster or no? No, I think in my case I would not follow the tendency of And hipster. for example, if all of your friends uh, became a hipster, you uh, became a hipster? A no, hipster? either that way I would not become a hipster because I know I am a different way of the rest of the people and I am unique. Okay, it's true. And what more? Uh, for example, one thing that is important in on this topic is about the the pressure, and we said that it's effective depending of the level of identification with the rest of the group. And for example, if you don't have affinity with your group, you are not going to follow their advice, no? Yes, that's okay. right, of course. And now I'm going to tell you some some statements, and yes. you have to say if they are true or false. Okay. 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 Uh, mm, mm, for example, first impressions are created by the aspect of the person that we see at first. I know that answer. It's true. Okay. Yes. Mm, another one. It's necessary. It's necessary um, to understand what is perception in order to know what is social perception. Yes. Uh, is is needed. Um, what is causal attribution? Could you explain us? Uh, causal attribution is the explanation for our own behavior and other people's behavior. So, okay. 
show eh, could eh, Paula, for example, eh, what eh, were the main functions of Milestone? Yes, they were control, self-esteem, and self-presentation. And what is control? Control is everything that happens has a cause. Could you give me an example? Yes, eh, if you are, if you do not study, you will not pass. But if you study, you will pass. Okay. <laughs> And have you ever uh, been in a situation in a situation in which you uh, study an exam and you don't pass an exam? Yes, but I think that uh, that is out of our own control. Yes, it's true. Now, how we form first impressions? Well, first impressions are created by the aspect of the person that we see at first. Okay, the next one. Okay. Mm, the ASMO, AS models talks about first impressions which are originated by three external causes. How are they called? Physical appearance, behavior, and nonverbal communication. Okay. okay. More? Yes, of course. Tell the next us. one. Can you tell us the main function of stereotypes? Uh, yes. Uh, the main functions of stereotypes are categorizing, Defense of self-values and explanation of large-scale events. Okay? More. Okay, more. <laughs> Tell. Heider divided the actions into two parts. Okay. How, uh, what are them? Uh, they are called the personal or internal actions and uh, the external or environmental actions. Now, about Weiner. Okay. Okay. What are the two most important combinations for him? I know, I know the answer. Uh, the first one is the point at which the cause of the internal and external false influencing the self-esteem. And the other one is the point where the false in the dimension of the stability instability influences expectations to change. Okay, the next one... Hmm, I'm thinking... Can anybody of you tell us the four function basis of attitudes? Yes, uh, they are the adaptive function, the defensive of myself function, the expressive function of values, and the cognitive or economic function. And the last one. Okay. Paula. No, Maria. Because okay. Paula has already answered the last question. Can you tell us Yes. Mm, the different theories about um, the theory of attitudes. Yes. Uh, there are uh, three theories. Okay. Reinforcement theory, equilibrium theory, and a theory of cognitive dissonance. Okay, and now if you have any doubt or you want more information, we are going to recommend you some books. The first one is about social perception, which is called Motivated Social Perception by Steven Spencer. Okay. The second is connected by Causal Attribution, uh, from, and the book uh, is Causal Attribution, From Cognitive Process to Collective Beliefs, and it was written by Mills Houston. The third one is about motivation, which is called Social Motivation, and it was written by David Dan Danning. And the third and last one is related to the last topic that was Attitudes in Interpersonal Relation and the name of the book is Attitudes and Language and it's written by Colin Baker. And if you have any doubt about what we have talked today, we have a web with an answer forum which is called www.babyradio.com. Okay, thank you. So... And that was all for today. And uh, remember that in all our radio programs, sorry, uh, we give you a tip. So in this program, in this program, uh, we talk about uh, what is motivation, uh, what is a social perception. So uh, the tip is the next: be original, be natural, and be you, because this is the most important thing. And um, so that is all for today. So we uh, see you the next week. Okay? Okay. okay.
Have and a nice week. Yes. <laughs>